0: Welcome to another episode of Talking with Bungie, the Death by Bungie podcast, the podcast associated with my YouTube channel, Death by Bungie. I am Rich Wilson. Bungie, of course, is my crossbow. And this episode of Talking with Bungie is about the upcoming 2020 plans by the Pennsylvania Game Commission and their attempts to control chronic wasting disease in Pennsylvania. A couple of articles came out here, and I'm going to give my thoughts on those. It is a comment period that is open throughout the month of February. I'm making this podcast, along with a couple of others, right here on February 2, Groundhog Day, Super Bowl Sunday, as it were. It is an important time of year, and we're all getting ready for that. So this morning, I went and got my Dunkin' Donuts coffee, came back, drank my iced coffee here as I'm sitting here, going through my notes, getting ready to make these podcasts. I will... I uploaded a couple of youtube videos earlier this morning and then this afternoon here it's about 11 30 now pretty soon i'll be putting the hot dogs in a crock pot that's a great way to do the the super bowl hot dogs in case you uh, ever haven't ever done that but put them in a crock pot for a couple of hours no water nothing just put them in there the steam from the hot dogs cooks a perfect hot dog and then i will have a hot dog buffet during the super bowl so we'll be doing that in a few hours here but that is my Sunday. But right now, the topic at hand is the Pennsylvania Game Commission aims to ramp up attack on chronic wasting disease in 2020. This is an article that I came across online off penlive.com, good source of deer hunting information. And I have gone through and sort of analyzed the Game Commission's proposals. And I got to say, I got to say, it doesn't look much different from the 2019 proposals or previous year's proposals from the Game Commission. Now, the Game Commission has taken a lot of flack here last year and in previous years over their chronic wasting disease management plans because it involves Sharpshooters. Sharpshooters have had uh, mixed success in other parts of the country. And the Game Commission, I've spoken with representatives of the Game Commission. I've attended their seminars locally. I have read up on this and I read essentially every article that comes up on the internet about chronic wasting disease. It is a Google alert that I have had set up for a couple of years now. And I have received every day I get emails on chronic wasting disease with articles from across the country. So this is a topic, and I think it is a topic that should concern most deer hunters, all deer hunters, because it has an effect on deer nationwide, worldwide in fact, cervids worldwide. It also, I think because of policy, can have a great effect, and by great effect, I mean negative impact on deer hunting and deer hunters. So far, am I in any way affected by chronic wasting disease? Yes, I'm in northeastern Pennsylvania. Now, there's no detected chronic wasting disease here. I hunt in Maryland as well, the eastern shore of Maryland. No chronic wasting disease detected there either. But I'm still, as a deer hunter, affected by chronic wasting disease policy because when I kill a deer in Maryland, I cannot bring the deer back to Pennsylvania. I have to have it butchered there, bring the meat back, leave the skull cap, leave the vertebrae, leave the backbone, the spinal column, all of that tissue in Maryland. When I killed a nice Sika deer stag for the first time this past year, I had to have it mounted by a taxidermist in Maryland. Same thing with my nice eight point buck. I've been in contact with that taxidermist and learned that it will be a few more weeks and I'll be able to drive down there and get that buck. And that'll be the subject of an upcoming video on the YouTube channel, I'm hoping hoping for that anyway. That'll be a good time to go down there, share that environment, share that part of the world with my daughter, take my wife down there, we'll stay overnight for the weekend, something like that, and come back up here. And uh, then we'll be able to share that video with you and I'll share the, the finished mount of that buck with you. That'll be awesome, pretty excited about that. But oh yeah, definitely, I am affected by chronic wasting disease policy. Even though I don't live in an area where we have chronic wasting disease problems. Can you hear that out there? That's my wife putting together the pans to get ready for our Super Bowl party food. (laughs) (laughs) Now, before I get into the plan for 2020 commenting on the Pennsylvania Game Commission, giving you a sort of an idea ahead of time what I'm going to share with the Pennsylvania Game Commission, my opinions that I will comment on when I do participate in the commentary on this plan, the public comment period. When I comment, that's essentially what we're going to discuss here, but the plan you have through the month of February to comment they've already had one comment period and that's how these regulations work they have an opportunity to so they give the public a, an opportunity to comment and we have until February 29th to issue our comments to relay our comments on that plan on those proposals to the game commission they've received over 300 responses so far so far but Now we have up until February 29th to continue to comment for this year. So I'll be doing that in the near future. But this will give you sort of a prelude to what what I intend to comment. And I'm anxious to hear from you, deathbybungie.com, contact form. You can email me through that or you can leave me a voicemail on there. And I will be doing more podcast episodes down the road about chronic wasting disease. But before I get too deep into this, we should have just a brief discussion about what chronic wasting disease and what it isn't. Chronic wasting disease—you'll hear this and recite it over and over—and see it virtually every every uh, article that is written on the topic. You will hear a discussion about how chronic wasting disease is an always fatal brain disease in cervids. Essentially, it's Alzheimer's for deer. It's that sort of disease that attacks the brain, attacks the central nervous system. And it is a TSE, a transmissible spongiform encephalopathy. That's a lot of words. I'm doing this all from memory. I'm not reading this, but this is just stuff that I picked up from reading about this the last couple of years. But it's transmissible. means it can be uh, spread from one deer to another. Spongiform means that it turns the brain into a spongy sort of texture. It makes the... the um, the tissues of the brain separate a little bit and it gets a spongy appearance. And sepilopathy just means that it works on the brain, central nervous system, that sort of thing. So essentially, it's that kind of disease that will give deer um, sort of make them so they can't walk right. They become less agile and they eventually die and, and diminish and die. It's an awful disease, a terrible disease. Typically, the deer that are infected with this disease will either die from walking out in front of a car and not being able to get out of the way, or being attacked by and taken down by coyotes, or something like that before they actually succumb to the disease. But if you had a deer, for example, that was in a protected environment, either behind a fence or in an area that did not have cars, coyotes, that kind of risk, the deer would eventually succumb to chronic wasting disease. It is transmitted by a prion or prion. I, I use the word prion just because I read it so many times and in my mind was telling myself prion that that's how I define it. That's how I pronounce it. It is prion to most American people. And when you hear them discuss it, they will use the word prion. But essentially that's a protein that's a little bit misshapen. It's bent. It doesn't look like the rest of the proteins. And for some unknown reason, when deer, ingest enough of those proteins, some deer, maybe not all, but some deer have a condition where their body will start replicating that bent, misshapen protein instead of the proper protein. So that in a nutshell is what creates the disease. The deer all of a sudden has a whole bunch of body mass that has been replicated and uh, regenerated with this wrong protein. And that's what leads to this disease, their body for some reason starts regenerating with the wrong protein instead of the right protein. So that's kind of what it is in a nutshell. Now, that's what we're talking about. Now we're not talking about all the other diseases deer can get, um ehd that sort of thing, there's a lot of other diseases that are a lot of people think and I kind of am in that group that are greater threats to deer. At this point, chronic wasting disease may have killed a few deer in Pennsylvania there've been hundreds, low hundreds of positive tested deer for chronic wasting disease in Pennsylvania. But I want to point out that of those deer, they didn't really die from the disease. They were either roadkill deer that were tested and tested positive. They were hunter harvested deer that were tested and tested positive, but they weren't deer that died from the disease. Like I said, they're not typically dying from the disease, they're getting hit by cars, etc., before they actually succumb to the disease. But if left to their own devices, they will die from the disease. It is a fatal disease. And it's a very serious topic. I'm not making light of it in any way. The Pennsylvania Game Commission plan for 2020 is they break it down into two different types of plans. The first is in initial detection of CWD areas. Those are CWD control units. That's where we don't have CWD, but all of a sudden, boom, now all of a sudden we've detected it. A deer tested positive, either roadkill or hunter harvested. That will be considered a CWD control unit. In those units, the strategy to be employed in 2020 and going forward will be to one, engage stakeholders and provide accurate and current information regarding CWD two increase deer tags available three expand hunting season lengths four remove antler point restrictions five implement mandatory sampling and six targeted removals of deer if management objective, objectives are not meant, not met through hunter harvest now that number six targeted removals that's the sharpshooters That is what was controversial last year. They had billboards in South Central Pennsylvania in the CWD areas. They had billboards up, they had town hall meetings, you name it, a lot of opposition to hiring sharpshooters to come in at night and kill every deer that they can find and decimate the population on private property, on state game land property targeted removals of deer if management objectives are not met through hunter harvest. What's a little different for 2020 is that they're sort of implying here that we're gonna give hunters the first opportunity, but if you fail to take out enough deer, then we are going to step in and hire sharpshooters. Now, that's if management objectives are not met. The game commission is setting the management objectives, not the hunters it's the game commission setting those levels, determining how many deer need to be killed. Now let's go back through those six things again. And this is going to be in areas where there are not deer where CWD is initially detected, okay? A new CWD area. This will just be in a control unit where we're trying to control the spread and possibly, possibly shut it down in that area. One. Engage stakeholders and provide accurate and current information regarding CWD. Engage stakeholders means talk to hunters, right? That's what that is. Who's the stakeholders? Hunters, hunting clubs, private property owners. We're the stakeholders, it's us. They're gonna engage us and provide accurate and current information regarding CWD. Now I wanna point out that when we talk about accurate and current information regarding CWD, This only means they're trying to share the information that the game commission believes is accurate and current information on the topic. It is their opinion based on their current information. Now, what's the difference? Why would they give us something that is anything other than accurate and current information? Well, number one, and everybody agrees with this. They don't know. Chronic wasting disease presents a lot of unknowables, a lot of things we don't know. In fact, every article I read on the topic, from every person involved in chronic wasting disease research will tell you flat out, the first thing they tell you is there's a lot more that we don't know than there is that we know. So accurate and current information is suspicious right off the bat to me. I'm just suspicious of it. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not saying they're up to something. I'm saying I'm just suspicious of it. I question it. This is complicated to me by the fact that the Game Commission last year hired a marketing specialist to inform hunters. Their press release, and I'm using air quotes around the word, inform hunters. Do you need a marketing specialist to inform people? Marketing specialists aren't out there to give me objective, truthful information. A marketing specialist is somebody trying to convince me to buy their pair of sneakers instead of this other pair of sneakers or buy this crossbow instead of this other crossbow. That's not objective. That's not scientific. That's not, doesn't make me comfortable. That's a salesman. A marketing specialist wants to sell me something. But the Game Commission hired Matt Moret, a world champion turkey caller, last year. Um, The articles, you can look up Lancaster online, there's plenty of articles on this. And it was the subject of Pennsylvania outdoor news articles and editorials as well that at a time when we're running short on money to invest in research for chronic wasting disease, when we're running at a shortage of income for the Pennsylvania Game Commission and talking about raising the cost of license hunting licenses, we're, high, we're spending $80,000 or $85,000 a year on a marketing specialist. I, su- I get a little suspicious when someone's hiring a marketing specialist and at the same time, suggesting to me that they're going to provide me with accurate and current information regarding chronic wasting disease. Is that accurate and current information? Or is that marketing? Is that salesmanship? I don't know. Prong two of the plan, increased deer tags available. I think that that is a sensible and obvious way to combat chronic wasting disease. I think there's some question about whether deer density has anything to do with chronic wasting disease. From what research I have done and reading about it, chronic wasting disease is not a density dependent disease. It is a frequency dependent disease. And that means that reducing deer numbers does not necessarily equate to less chronic wasting disease. Density dependent means if you got a whole bunch of deer together and the more of them you got together, the more likely it is they are going to transmit the disease. It is a frequency dependent disease, however, not a density dependent one. If you look that up, essentially what that means is, it's frequency dependent. In other words, how often, how frequently the deer is exposed to those prions, those misshapen proteins. That is frequency dependent. They have to be exposed to it numerous times, frequently, in order to convince the body to start replicating the wrong protein. Reduction in deer numbers is not necessarily going to be a factor, going to be helpful. And here's why I suggest that if you question that, we have really high deer numbers in parts of the country that don't have CWD. I'm in Northeastern Pennsylvania cwd is not a concern here really good deer density numbers if you ask me lots of deer you watch growing deer tv down in missouri dr grant woods claims to have 100 deer per square mile on this property no cwd detected there yet deer density not the issue go out to wyoming go to wyoming or colorado where they have very low deer density. Very low deer density. Not 100 deer per square mile. We're talking 3 deer per square mile. And there they have really bad CWD with really low deer densities. So deer density is not the cause. Is not the issue. So increasing deer tags available I'm always in favor of increasing deer tags available. If you got the deer to give, I'm all for it. I don't have a problem with that. Will it slow down the transmission of the disease? Possibly. And the reason, and I'll get to that in just a second here, because that has to do with number four, but we'll go to number three first. Expand hunting season lengths. I don't think that's going to make a bit of difference in terms of the number of deer that you kill. The reason I say that, if you're trying to kill more deer, I hunt in October, November, and I'm going to fill the freezer during that time period. If I had an extra month in there to hunt, I have all the way to January. I could be hunting up to mid-January here, just in northeastern Pennsylvania. And I rarely am still hunting late in the season. Um, If I'm holding off for a big buck, that's not really going to reduce your deer herd numbers. It's really not going to help with that. So I'm not sure that that's going to make much difference in terms of reaching their goal of reducing deer density if deer density is gonna make any difference then uh, expanding hunting season is not gonna hurt that but I just don't know that you're gonna entice more people to kill more deer by expanding by expanding the hunting season lengths. Expanding your rifle season, I can tell you Two weeks of rifle season for somebody who just hunts with a rifle, in my experience, talking to folks around here, they're not much interested in hunting after the end of that two weeks. They usually go out at the beginning and they don't even hunt after the after the second week. So they don't even hunt the second week. So I, I don't know that you're going to see a lot of people. Our deer go pretty much dormant after the Orange Army goes out there and starts uh, hunting in the rifle season. That puts most of the deer right into a nocturnal uh, pattern and it just... It's just not the same after that. I don't know that that's going to really reach their goal of reducing deer density. But on to number four, remove antler point restrictions. This is where, when we talk about increasing deer tags available and removing antler point restrictions, this is where I think you can really make an impact on deer transmitting chronic wasting disease. And here's why I say that, from what I've read, I think there's some consensus that Young bucks travel, a fawn buck will travel. Mom will kick that buck off because she does not want those genes intermingling, right? Nature, nature does not want those genes intermingling. So the buck is kicked off, he has to go someplace else. How often have you sat in the woods and you've seen a young fawn come your way and you're thinking, oh, that's a, that's a yearling doe, I'm gonna shoot it, but it's all alone. It doesn't have fawns with it. It doesn't have other does with it. And then you start to inspect it a little closer and learn, wait a minute, That's a buck. That's a a button buck. That button buck, who by all accounts could have gotten CWD from its mother, it can be passed at birth, right? The fawn can be born with CWD. That deer is going to live two years with that CWD and cultivating that virus. That deer is going to be kicked out and asked. And it's basically told to go to a different area to live. That's the deer that transmits this disease, that carries this disease. The young buck, the little forkhorn that is still going and running between different areas. That's the deer that's transmitting the disease. The frequency, if you're around that buck, you are going to frequently come in contact with those prions and get the disease. To reduce that frequency, you take that buck out. Now, you can't tell with a naked eye, just sitting there if that's the buck or not. But antler point restrictions are a factor in CWD. That's a difficult truth for people to accept, I think. But I do think that removing the antler point restrictions in areas where CWD has been detected, I can see why that would be a good policy, a good tactic or approach. Number five, implementing mandatory sampling. No problem with that in a CWD management area. Let's get a full picture of the disease. Make it reasonable. Make it easy for people to get this done, but allow them to do the sampling. Make it easy. I don't know if it has to be mandatory. Do you really want to be issuing citations to people who don't get the deer tested? But if you live in a CWD positive zone, I'd be wanting to get my deer tested anyway, just to know. And then number six, here we are, the big controversial one. Targeted removals of deer if management objectives are not met through hunter harvest. I can tell you right now, and i this is my prediction, I 100% guarantee you that management objectives will not be met through hunter harvest. That's a fact. The Game Commission will not be satisfied with the number of deer that are killed. They will not be satisfied with it, rightly or wrongly. And they will hire sharpshooters and they will be back to kill deer in those neighborhoods. That's what's gonna happen. There's no way that hunters are gonna take out as many deer as the Game Commission would want done and that's why they're gonna hire the sharpshooters. Now, in the areas where CWD has already been established, for some reason, in the established CWD areas, they are not proposing mandatory sampling. And I don't understand that necessarily. Seems to me you'd want a full picture of it wherever you go. So that is the plan. I'm not saying that there isn't some other support for this. If you look at other areas where they've essentially reduced deer numbers, you reduce the overall spread of the disease. But the problem is, look at what you're saying. You're basically saying, well, if we get rid of all the deer, we won't have this disease. Well, no kidding. That's the solution. Only the government would think that that's an appropriate solution to a problem. All these deer have this disease. Well, if we kill all of those deer, the disease will be gone. Yay, solve the problem. That's not a solution. That's not an answer when we look at other less drastic measures I I was it's funny because I just got an article from another article that came up was uh, it's entitled chronic wasting disease measures have worked according to Quebec government now this is Quebec in Canada of course and I read an article from a newspaper up there it was a press release essentially but I'll read from that just to share it with you because it's very encouraging but the Ministry of Forests Wildlife and Parks in Quebec uh, had a enhanced management area, they call it an EMA, covering 17 municipalities following the discovery of chronic wasting disease in a domestic deer herd in the Boileau area, I can't pronounce the French stuff, in the fall of 2018. Now, testing of hunted deer and relaxed hunting regulations were introduced in that area to lower the wild deer population and prevent CWD from developing in those disease, in those deer. And to prevent it from spreading to wild deer in other regions of Quebec. In other words, we don't want it to spread elsewhere. They've continued their testing, and no cases of CWD have been detected in the 1,358 tissue samples taken from different wigtail deer within that area. They attribute the success to the relaxed hunting regulations that were implemented and then they can state with confidence that if the disease is still present in wild deer, the number of cases is so few that it is still possible to prevent it from spreading to other regions. What did they do? They reduced hunting regulations. They probably, that includes what? Greater season and tag limits, maybe expanding hunting times, right? If that made any difference. Getting rid of antler point restrictions allowing people, allowing hunters to step in and kill more deer. That, just a basic common sense approach. Doesn't need to have sharpshooters, doesn't say anything about sharpshooters or hiring people to come in and decimate the deer herd and cut that back the numbers, back to nothing. That's not what they did. And they seem to be generally satisfied with it. This is a disease that we're, if we can remain in a holding pattern, long enough to come up with more information, accurate information, we might be satisfied with that. It just might be that deer find a way around this disease and find a way to survive it, to flourish as white-tailed deer have done for thousands and thousands of years. Lastly, I don't want to take any of this because there's a lot about the Pennsylvania Game Commission that I like. I am hiking the state game lands, and I have to tell you that judging by the amount of acorns that I found out there, the Pennsylvania Game Commission really knows how to manage a forest. (laughs) Let me just start with that, okay? But walking out there, I have a renewed appreciation for the Game Commission, and generally I have been happy with a lot that the Game Commission has done. I am proud to be a Pennsylvania hunter, proud to live in this Commonwealth, and proud to share its natural resources. And I want to read from a note from a friend of Bungie, Moose Junction Hunter. Uh, She's somebody who we've communicated with a lot over the years, going back to, I think going back to 3,000 subscribers is when she first hooked up with Death by Bungie. She's been a part of the Friends of Bungee landscape for since that time. And now, as of this podcast, we're going on 18,000 subscribers. Can you believe that? On the YouTube channel. And her post on our Facebook page recently, she posted a picture of her dog uh, when she was out scouting on their state game lands. And there was a sign there that had been posted by a Department of Natural Resources employee. Someone had put that up. And she just put this up here, and I thought it was the nicest post. As easy as it is to harp on the DNR, full disclosure, I work for the neighboring state DNR, people's biggest beefs or irritations mostly originate at the elected and appointed positions. It's the people like me, as I affectionately refer to as the minions, that's where the real work happens. These posted signs were put in by a minion and again she's talking about the posted sign that her dog was posing by <laughs> the state park campground you used as a hunting camp was maintained and cleaned by a minion while scouting with birdie the bird dog who appeared in that picture of course i saw these posted signs and wanted to make a shout out to all the workers of the dnrs who actually make the departments go around this came at just the right time as i'm doing these policy-type podcast talking about the chronic wasting disease to remind me of all the positive out there and how fortunate we are to have the opportunities that we have. I don't look at this as an us-against-them scenario. It's pretty easy for me, to because, like I said, I'm a little suspicious, a little skeptical of some of the stuff that's going on. But I really think deep down we're all on the same side here. We just have to make sure that we have our opinions heard. For that reason, I do urge you, if you are interested in Pennsylvania's deer herd, do take part in the public commentary before February 29th with the Pennsylvania Game Commission. Go to their website. You can find information on how to make that public commentary. With that, I am done with this lengthy podcast on this subject. Let me know if you want more information on chronic wasting disease. I can do more podcasts on this subject. Probably will. If you don't like that stuff, don't want to hear any more about it, let me know that as well. DeathbyBungie.com, email me off the contact form there, or leave me a voicemail on that website. Until next time, all hail bungee. <laughs> And I have gone through and sort of analyzed the game commission's proposals. And I got to say, got to say. That was a loud truck.